Well, it's, uh, it's great to be here. It feels a bit strange uh, to be here. I'm not going to be walking around like all the other cool people who have, uh, have been. Although this talk is in two parts, so I might surprise you and choose a different uh, lectern. Because uh, if I feel, this is, I think this is Mike's uh, lectern and, and uh, it might not be anointed, so I might have to go and try uh, somebody else's. I need to start off really by saying a, a lot of you, if you come to P's and G's, will know about soul food. It's a brilliant thing we do at church. We do a community meal every uh, Saturday and we invite the whole community in, the homeless, vulnerable, lonely, anyone who needs a meal, we just uh, invite them in. And yesterday we had our Christmas party and it was brilliant. We had 60, over 60 volunteers serving 120 guests. And uh, it, was, it was just so good because as it was going on, people were just coming up to me, thanking me, not me, thanking the whole team for just enabling soul food to happen and they're just saying what a difference it's made to, the, to their lives which is utterly great and I need to say thank you to, the, to you the church because you have given so much you gave gift bags and you gave Costa cards uh, to enable uh, last night to happen and it was so warmly received so thanks uh, so much thank you for making soul food happen it's making a massive difference. Now, usually in talks, I suppose that's quite a positive introduction because normally I do like to give uh, positive introductions. I like to get a positive feeling, you know, get the mood in the room quite nice and then I go and hit, you know, in the stomach and, uh, and it's terrible. But no, but um, I, I would normally like to tell you how much I love Christmas. And I do love Christmas. I really uh, do uh, love Christmas. I love it when things like uh, soul food uh, comes together. I think that's uh, brilliant and last night was just so fantastic. I love it when my seven-year-old who's here, Jonah, uh, is so excited about uh, Christmas and uh, he's shaking with joy about the prospect of uh, Thursday. I must admit, I quite like all the terrible Christmas jumpers, although I haven't seen many here tonight because it's a hipster service and we're all cool tonight. I, I feel so un inappropriate to be speaking at a hipster service. Anyway, uh, anyway, my hips have started to go, so perhaps, perhaps it is appropriate. Um, I, all, I, I love Christmas tat. I love food and all of that kind of stuff which goes uh, with Christmas. But mostly I love Christmas because it tells me a light has conquered the darkness and new thoughts come to mind like there is hope in the middle of this despair, there's joy in the middle of sadness, there's healing in the middle of pain and there's a fix to all the brokenness we see around and we pray for that fix in Syria after that video we've just seen. But I need you just to bear with me. Maybe it's because I am an old man and I am old and I look very young but I am very old. Um, but, but I am a little bit depressed uh, this year. Um, Christmas to me actually this year feels a little bit darker. It's not just because this is the shortest day of the year, it's, it's, it's more than that. Something has taken over and it's depressive. And the thing that makes me most depressed is it feels like we've lost Christmas. It feels like somebody is taking it over. It's probably been like this for years, but it feels like it more than ever for me. It feels like it's been handed over to the high street or those naughty sort of non-tax-paying websites or the national media where the only concern seems to be is how much money we're spending on our presence. Apparently, 13 million of us have spent £92 today on Christmas presents. I don't know how much you spent today on Christmas presents. I spent zero myself. But, but 13 million of us, that's in Britain, that's obviously not in Scotland, but in Britain, 
I mean, if it was 13 million in Scotland, we would be rejoicing. It would be party all the time. But it's 13 million in Britain. Uh, I spent 92 quid today on last-minute presents. Nobody will really want these presents because they'll have been dashed around the shops and it'll be rubbish. But we spent all of that time. It might not be. It might be beautiful. If you bought a present, so I do apologise. Anyway, I bet it's beautiful. But interestingly, another 13 million of us today are going to struggle to get Christmas dinner on the table this Christmas. Christmas seems to have come about. Who has spent the most money on a Christmas advert? Hundreds of millions of pounds have been spent on some Sainsbury's Waitrose or Iceland sentimental tosh. You know, honestly, I genuinely mean this, you know when life is bad, when everybody is sharing the latest Sainsbury's Christmas advert on Facebook or just talking about it all the time. What, what, why have we let ourselves enter into that such rubbish? We've let creepy people, outsiders, people with no passion, no imagination. This is about Christmas. They probably got passion and imagination outside Christmas. No creativity and no idea whatsoever become conductors of the Christmas season. And what's produced is so bloat-inducing, uh, somehow we can't help but spew it all out. Is, this, I, I, is, it, is it a good rant? Is it all right? Yeah, yeah, there's more to come. Yeah. The same diet of marketing drivel, so ceremonial, ceremonial shopping, watching those Christmas repeats on telly, eating turkey and all its trimming, having the same conversations you had last year with your distant relatives. I don't know if that happens in your, in your life, but it certainly does with mine. And watching the same film you watched last year, and then getting up on Boxing Day and watching the team, your team, lose in the same way they did last year is actually designed to make you spew. It could possibly, if that's not going to happen, make your head explode. Because we have to be very careful about Christmas. It's dangerous. And that's just about the first true thing I've said so far in that rant. Because Christmas is dangerous. It's really dangerous. And Mary, the star of our reading, which I'm going to reflect on uh, for the rest of this evening, is entering into the red zone when she has that conversation with the angel Gabriel. And as she does this, she takes us away from depression and cynicism and rants and old man moaning into something not just exciting, it's ultimately life-changing. This isn't depressing what we just heard. This is like a thriller. It's intriguing. Something is starting and you don't know how it's going to turn out. The story begins. It grabs our attention. There's no marketing executives hovering around trying to ruin it. This is life and it's a million miles away. Sorry if you're marking it here, executive. I do love you. This is life, and it's a million miles away from anything Princess Street or Amazon or a turkey farm has to produce. What happens in these moments of Mary's life is so significant, and yet the significant isn't just for Mary. It's actually here for us this evening. Three things are going on, and these three things help us to see who God is. They help us to discover what he's about. And his invitation, which he gives to Mary, we discover is also an invitation to us to be part of the things of God, to be part of the things of light, and to ultimately have immense hope. And the passage helps us to see that if our, our lives, if you like, become entwined in Mary's life, she becomes like us and we become like her. And the first thing which is happening in this passage is the ask. We don't know 
anything about Mary. Well, we do know about her post this event, but we don't know anything about Mary before what's going on in here. The only thing we can work out is that she's a young woman and she is the woman that God has chosen. She's 13 or 14 years old probably um, and she's told by the angel, angel Gabriel she's highly favoured. There's no rant going on from him. She is highly favoured. God likes her. This In this sort of description we see here is a tremendous graceful moment. Nothing is noted about her behaviour or how holy or how righteous she is. God doesn't seem to have chosen her because she's good at religion. Richard Raw says there's no mention of any moral worthiness, achievement or preparedness in Mary, only humble trust and surrender. It seems that God just likes Mary. He sees Mary and he loves Mary. And because he likes her and because he loves her, he makes a big ask on her life. He asks her to give birth to Jesus. He asks her to become involved in God's story, to take centre stage in an event which will save everything. He asks her to be the God carrier. He asks her to make it happen. He asks her to change the world. It's an impossible ask, but God still chooses to speak it out through his messenger, Gabriel. A young person she is, a no one, someone you wouldn't notice, a woman, probably uneducated, probably a non-reader, probably from quite a humble family, probably poor, is asked. And that ask of Mary still goes on. It's part of the Jesus story. But it's not just back then. It's here this evening. It's real today. And the ask is not just made to one young woman. It's now made to everyone, the old as well as the young, men as well as women, the educated as well as those who struggle academically, the rich as well as the poor, the great and good as well as the humble. It's even asked of uh, those people in the boardrooms and running media empires who are trying to wreck Christmas. The question is, will you too be a God carrier? Will you carry God with you wherever you go? Now, we're not asked to be pregnant like Mary was, thankfully. That was a once-only event. It's no longer necessary. But the perilous thing that is, though, um, someone once described it as like treasure being carried in jars of clay. We're invited to carry God, this precious, most beautiful God, and he's inviting us to carry it like treasures in jars of clay. We are the jars of clay, and we could break up and bust at any moment, and yet God chooses to put his treasure into us, and Jesus still asks. It's a bit like when Jesus turned to Simon Peter and asked him to follow him 30 years after this Mary event. In that follow me uh, moment, he showed how we become God carriers. We simply follow Jesus, and that ask is hanging here right now. It's an ask for us tonight. The Jesus, who is Mary's son, asks us to be God carriers by saying to each of us, follow me. We might feel terrible sinners. We might feel failures. We might feel no ones. We might feel insignificant. We might feel the worst person in life. We might feel proud and smug. We might be feeling nothing at all. But he still whispers into our hearts. He says, follow me. Be a God carrier. And he does this because as for Mary, Mary, he likes us. He loves us. We're worth it.
when he whispered to me, it was a good few years ago, but when he whispered to me, it took me actually a few years to get my act together after he first whispered. I was no Mary, I was an idiot who thought I was too sinful for Jesus to really want me to follow him. I was an idiot who wanted to be in control of my whole life so much that I couldn't bother to turn it around and follow Jesus. I was an idiot who thought I needed to keep the commandments before God could be bothered with me. But thankfully, he kept on whispering in his love and he kept on saying and asking me in my heart until I had mucked it up so much it was impossible for me to resist. And he's whispering right now. It could be for the first time you've heard the ask this evening. It might be for the 40,000th time. It's what he does. He loves us all so much. He just carries on asking. He wants us to be God carriers like Mary. We are highly favoured. God loved the world so much, he sent his son into the world, not to condemn it, but save it. Mary helps us not to go on a negative loop when it comes to God, but realise we are loved and significant to him. So the ask is there tonight. It's here in the room. It's being spoken just outside your hearts. Jesus is saying, here I am. I'm standing and I'm knocking and I'm asking. More in a minute.